Jingle bell, rah-rah-rah, jingle bells, all night smells, fa-la-la-la-la. Rudolph? Yeah, whatever. Look, this is another Christmas episode, all right, and we've exhausted all our supply of Christmas games. It basically culminated last year. That's fair. In (laughs) possibly a couple of years ago. But last (laughs) year we did Christmas Nights into Dreams, Mm -hmm. which was a fun game. Yes. All we have left is every single Home Alone game ever. Mm. That's it. So that- we're going to... Wait. But what about... What, what about those games that are based on the thing that Christmas is based on? You know, the book. The book? The book of Christmas. A spot goes to the farm. Yes. Are there any spot games? No, damn it. I'm talking about the Bible, AC. Oh. No, not with you. <laughs> I'm Steven. I'm Chris. I'm Stargate Pioneer. And I'm the French Canadian Sensation. And we're the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a podcast member of the GunnaGeek Network. Just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready. Because geekiness begins in... Three. Two. One. Let's geek! Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 74, the most Christmassy number of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by the physical manifestation of the Christmas spirit incarnate, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Oh, it's packed up there, buddy. There's a lot of Christmas packed up that back passage. It's the only way to get it in these days. A lot of Christmas crackers. And There's a lot of Christmas crackers up the clacker. In fact, you could say Damn. it's all. I, I have, in fact, a Chris. I need a Christmas enema <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> the only way to get the spirit out, he's trapped in there, and he's very angry. Is that just like eggnog and a big, big long hose? <laughs> Which, just before we move ahead with this plan, <laughs> and I'm all for it let's, either way. Let's dwell on that image for a bit longer. Which which way does the eggnog go in? <laughs> and the hose. I think I have a pretty good idea with the hose. I'm just not 100% clear on the eggnog. Oh, look, look. Look, either way, you're going to get the same result. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually had any eggnog before, have you? I have. I have. I, I think I have. You think you have? I, maybe it was just custard with vodka in it. <laughs> See, what always put me off about eggnog is the egg part. Yes. The nog... I, which I'm assuming is some sort of euphemism for alcohol. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm all about nog. Yeah, I'm, I'm nog me up, buddy. <laughs> when am I down for a nog? The answer is always. <laughs> this, 24-7, baby. This is, this is quickly moved in the past two sentences from alcoholic to deeply, deeply sexual. <laughs> That's our podcast. <laughs> to be fair, each episode does... Start pretty alcoholically. Look, there's there's some certain themes that recur. Yeah, one of them is alcohol. Yeah, one of them is is barely concealed homoerotic lust. 
And the other thing is disparaging religions, major world religions. Boy, do we have those coming up and out to the wazoo. Especially my wazoo. Spirit's still up there, he's not happy. So what we thought we might do, AC, Mm -hmm. because as you alluded to in the intro, Uh we are running a bit dry on Christmas games. Look, we could pull some out of the proverbial clacker i'm not gonna lie to you there there are some left that we haven't we haven't sort of you know combed through Uh, but we needed to record an episode quickly we did and i had an idea he did an idea that'll fix you good oh no (laughs) it's very threatening (laughs) it kind of is because we are going to be playing wisdom tree games but specifically wisdom tree games on the game boy the best kind of game boy games by wisdom tree (laughs) On the Game Boy. I think I covered this. I think that's it. <laughs> Wisdom Tree Inc., formerly known as Color Dreams, uh-huh. are very well known now, AC, thanks to a good friend. Well, he's not actually our friend at all. In fact, one might consider him an enemy. Angry Video Game Nerd uh, <laughs> did a whole bunch of, of very popular and very funny videos about these games, these bi- these Bible, biblical games, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just for a little bit of background, um, Color Dreams um, was founded in 1988. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the first companies to try to make a buck selling unofficial sort of uh, Nintendo games? Unlicensed. Unlicensed is, is Thank the correct you. word there. Thank so you. the way this worked is that they actually figured out a way around the lockout chip, which uh, Nintendo famously installed in the uh, all the American and European versions of the NES mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't present in the Japanese Famicom. Uh, hence, the 72 pins coming out the bottom mm-hmm. of all the carts. Now, nobody knows quite how they did it there are some people who have theories that it was actually stolen off Tengen maybe and mm. there's some other theories anyway uh nintendo weren't happy about this and anywhere that color dreams tried to sell their games uh they said if you sell unlicensed games we will not supply our product to you yeah so they said okay we're afraid of nintendo because we need to make money so Uh, There were very, very few places that would actually sell these unlicensed Nintendo games, including Tengen and Wisdom and, uh, well, Color Dreams back then. So I guess the Color Dreams was like, well, how do we get around this dilemma? Exactly. So about a year later, Color Dreams started making Christian-themed games. One of their first Christian-themed games was Sunday Funday, which was based off a previous game, and this is the interesting part, called Menace Beach. Menace Beach was... Close to pornographic. It basically, your girlfriend was picked, uh, kidnapped. Uh, the game did not play very well. And your girlfriend's clothes in between stages was slowly getting rotting away or eaten away by bugs or something. Basically, she was down to her underwear by the end of that. Great. Sounds like a good game. Where can I find this game? Okay, we have that game and we've played it before. Damn it, I've forgotten. It's on one of my HES packs. Uh, 15 and 1. It's not a good game. It's quite ironic they chose that game. Yeah, exactly. Do you think it might have been a deliberate choice Well, on on the part of Color Dreams slash... They found a market. Yes. Idiots. Sorry, Christians. (laughs) Christians. No, that kind of popped out. (laughs) I could say many things at this point. (laughs) Venn diagrams. Let's move on. So basically what happened was they changed their name Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to Wisdom Tree after they started making Christian games. Mm. And they started selling these 
to places that didn't often sell video games, like Christian bookshops. They advertised themselves as a, you know, a godly Christian game company who educated as well as entertained. And that's what, you know, mums and religious groups were worried about this foreign Nintendo brand back in the late 80s. Mm. And early 90s. So they got into a place where Nintendo had no sway to get them out of. Exactly. Christian bookshops, Clever. basically. Yeah. Mm. So they actually sold about 350,000, I want to say. It's like pretty darn successful. For their first couple of games. Yeah. So they just kept doing it. Sure. They just kept going because uh, why the hell not? So basically after that... Um, I'd like to say the rest is history, but the rest is actually kind of crappy. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about some of the Game Boy games mm-hmm. that Wisdom Tree made. Yes, yes, because everyone's familiar. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people are familiar with the uh, the, the uh, NES Wisdom Tree games. Yeah. But we're going to take take a little bit of a detour, something a little bit more obscure. So we we played four. Did we four games today? There are four cartridges. Yes. I'm not about to stand here on this platform in front of this microphone and say there are four games. That makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Four pieces of software that we inserted into your Game Boy. Once again, software? Well, okay. All right. All right. Well, we will go through them. Uh, We'll Uh save the best for last. And just remember, the reason that we're talking about this on the Christmas special yes is because it was these games what christmas was based off apparently the easter bunny that's right exactly points for uac i love that guy it's all canonical <laughs> it pretty much is so it. so when you listen to this episode you're not only getting some some great information about video game history you're also getting what i like to call spiritual healing oh uh, okay is that like sexual healing yes i'm into it i'm into it already I've, my pants are already around my feet Brilliant. Well, that's the perfect state to be in to discuss Wisdom Tree games. <laughs> okay, well, the first one that we played today was Exodus. Now, before I go any further, I should say that there are actually five games released, and I think there aren't too many unlicensed games that are original for the Game Boy. Mm. A lot of them are ROM hacks and, you know, pirated games and the like, but these ones are all released during the Game Boy's original life cycle. Mm-hmm. I have four of them. The fifth one we'll talk about a little bit later on, but the first one is Exodus. Yes. So that's the story of a bloke called Moses. That's right. Moses. Moses? Yeah. I knew I got it right. That guy. Um, who was trying to escape the evil Aztecs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those Aztecs were wicked evil in their jungle fortresses. That's right. And they had tanks, giant tanks. They, they whipped the Israelites. They whipped them mercilessly. Israelites? What are they? So what happens in this game? <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> okay. So I don't know a lot about the Bible. This is a game based on the Exodus. Yes, based on on um, the story of Moses liberating his people from Egypt, taking them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about that, you think about movies like, you know, the Ten Commandments, sort of mm-hmm. epic, epic, you know, scenes of, of war and plague and devastation and, and uh, the clash of of Egyptian magic and, and, and the power of God and all that kind of stuff. What this game actually is, it's kind of like a game where it's like a maze and you're pushing blocks around and collecting amphoras or something and and blocks fall on your head. And Have you ever played Boulder Dash? <laughs> yes. That classic 1980s microcomputer game, Boulder Dash. It's basically a, a Boulder Dash clone? It basically is, yes. Yeah. But 
with a little less boulder, I want to say. A lot, a lot more, more dash, <laughs> a little less boulder. It's <laughs> Boulder dash is more fun than this game, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Look, it's um, it's kind of a top-down perspective. You play an old man who I suppose is supposed to be Moses, pretty, even though he's a baby in the cutscenes. I'm pretty sure it's Moses. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. They, were <laughs> they go straight from baby to old man Moses. With no intervening um, period. Yeah, it's Look, odd. I wouldn't come to Wisdom Tree for, like, biblical accuracy necessarily. <laughs> How do you know he didn't keep reverting back and forth? You weren't there. Well, that's right. Hey, the power of God, anything can happen, Exactly. Right? See? You now go. you're getting it. Yeah. Now you're swinging to my tune of the Bible waltz. They, they waltz in the Bible, right? <laughs> They totally did. Okay, see, I'm all over it, mate. Certified Christian Rob Bailey gives his seal of approval for that. <laughs> that quip. All right, so the Exodus is basically kind of a Boulder Dash clone. Yes. Uh, you collect things, you move underneath stones, they fall. Uh, there are enemies and you do have projectiles, though. Yeah, you have this weird... You press the sh- you press like A and he shoots this what looks like a, like a W at people. And I don't know what that's meant to be. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this, and I can't think of what that's meant to be. Yeah, I don't get it. The word of God or something? That. What else starts with W that's even slightly religious? Um, Wodonga? (laughs) Yes, the the well-known centre of religion, Wodonga. (laughs) Wodonga is is an Australian town. Well, look, it it has this going for it. It's fun to say. Wodonga. Wogga Wogga? That's another Australian... God was an Aussie... Calling it right now. God, Aussie. I think we've proved that. Big fucking Ocker, mate. Loves Great. his VB. Does that mean I get a free pass into heaven? <laughs> oh, no, he hates he hates other Aussies, just like actual Aussies do. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> we, are, we are a curmudgeonly lot. We are. We are very much that. Uh, so I think we've just basically explained everything we can about Exodus. That's right. Next, we're going to a completely different game. That's very different. Very actually. different. Very different. Because think called... about it. This is a completely different setting, a completely different pro- plot. Yep. This is... Joshua Yep And the Battle of Jericho Big battle I'm told yep. uh, uh, Joshua played a big part in that So in the in the Bible In the Bible mm-hmm. Yep Bible The way it goes is uh, They cross over the Jordan Yep They're in uh, You know The promised land But there's all these people That aren't Jews there Or, or aren't Israelites Let me be clear There They've got to get rid of them So what do they do Well they pretty much murder them all But hey let's gloss over that for a moment so, the Battle of Jericho. So wait a minute. So <laughs> the Israelites basically invaded a land. Yeah. Said this is practic- this is pretty much terra nullius, except for these guys who are here. Yeah. Native fauna, I suppose. Sounds kind familiar. Of like, kind of like how Australia was settled, <laughs> weirdly enough. Weirdly familiar. We'll just kind of uh genocide is a nasty word. No, that's that's true. It is a nasty word. But genocide. Let's just linger on that for a minute. Yeah, okay. Let's just just for another minute or so. Let's just pregnant pause. So, what kind of game is well, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho? Well, when you think about a massive battle, a siege against a walled city, this could be thousands of people put to death as a platformer. Mm-hmm. It could be played as an action game. It yeah. could be played as a strategy game. That's right, like a turn-based strategy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. or an or an RPG. It could be all sorts of things. They see. Yep. But what it turns out to be uh-huh. is a Boulder Dash. Come on. Oh God, damn it. <laughs> Look, I knew this, but you telling me just now, I still felt that pang of disappointment <laughs> that I felt when I originally got my hands on these very rare games. It's eerily familiar. It reminds me of a, of a game that I played recently that I can't put my finger on. To be fair, to be absolutely fair, there, 
are more things in Joshua? No, maybe it's the exact same amount of things. No, it's the same game. Okay, fine. It's the same game. Look, I will say this. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit harder. It is a bit harder. There are a couple of new enemies. There are a couple of new symbols to collect. Like the money instead of bags of M are actually dollar signs now. Because obviously... Joshua got to get paid. Yeah. Well, Joshua's evolved. It's all all about that Skrilla. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, another fun difference is that Joshua has red hair instead instead of white hair. Not like not like Moses, because he's young and hip. He's a he's a cool millennial, um, just like us. <laughs> that's right. And instead of shooting W's, which mm-hmm. I, I still am mystified by, he shoots musical notes. If I if I go back and edit the original Exodus game, just like release my own version, mm-hmm. every time he fires something, he just says waga 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 waga. <laughs> that would make the game a lot better. And, but he's got a special move, mm-hmm. wadonga wadonga. <laughs> That's if you hold the button down. You've got to hold it you down charge, for a long time to get a Charge it up for the yeah. Wodonga. <laughs> um, so yeah, Joshua, he shoots musical notes. I think that Shoot, might be... Just on a side note here, yeah. I just might go back to those Dragon Ball Z, Z like right. anime shows. And just every time he goes, kami, 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 ha, whatever he says, I'm just going to put wagga, 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 wagga <laughs> in there instead. <laughs> and just leave everything else alone. Look, Because all his special moves are going to be wagga, wagga. Again. I've I got feel, a new project. I feel like that might be a, a, good, a good improvement. Um... <laughs> So I, I, the only thing I can think of with those musical notes is that in the biblical story of, of the fall of Jericho, the Israelites march around the city for some certain period. I can't remember how long it is, for like a day or a week or something. Mm. And they're like blowing horns. And I think they might be singing as well. And that results in the fall, the walls like miraculously collapsing, allowing them to go in and, you know, put everyone to the sword. Um, <laughs> you this, know, yeah. <laughs> You know, kind of old Old Testament God rules. This, look, man, he didn't mess around, all right? Um, <laughs> these are my peeps. These are my peeps. See that wall? See that wall? Bye-bye. That's it. So I, I think musical notes might be some kind of reference to that or potentially just a complete non sequitur. I don't know. I don't know, AC. Um, but Thanks. this, yeah. There's not a lot of battle in this game. I, I, think, I think I'm guessing in the beta version, mm-hmm. instead of Ws, they used M's. Ah. ah. Upside down. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I get you. I don't. No, neither do I. <laughs> so uh. basically, it's the same game. It is a bit harder. There are these weird secrets. So there are actually secrets in here. Mm-hmm. You can find secrets, get more money, but the secrets are guarded by invincible characters you can't kill. Yeah, they seem to be invincible anyway, because every time I've gone for a secret, I've had one of these guys chase me down relentlessly and kill me. So that's a weird kind of a secret, isn't it, AC? Well, it's a it's a secret worth finding, I think. Yes. And you found it many, many times on that same level. Look, I was you kept pretty, triggering it every I, time. I was pretty excited because I didn't find any secrets in in Exodus, but I found plenty in Joshua, and um, I thought, well, that's great. What a what a great improvement. They listened to the feedback from their fans. They implemented the changes that were needed. Boy, were they needed! <laughs> Turn this game around. Turn this game series around. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's a Boulder Dash clone. <laughs> it is a Boulder Dash clone. So the last, not okay, not the last game, but effectively the last game, <laughs> is Spiritual Warfare. Yes. Now, this is probably the most interesting of the games we're going to talk about. Definitely. It is one of the rarer of the quote-unquote games. Yes. Uh, the version I have is had its label mostly ripped off. These things are actually kind of rare to find their labels completely intact because the labels were so shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't stuck on there very well and they would often come off. Yeah. And they were slightly bigger than the average Game Boy cart, <laughs> so you had to kind of wedge them right in the Game Boy slot. <laughs> God. Uh, so Spiritual Warfare is 
for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. a Legend of Zelda clone. Pretty much, yeah. It certainly plays like Zelda. Hmm. And it has that kind of open world thing that Zelda has. It's an action RPG. Yeah. Uh, there is an RPG element. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, the, the start screen you appear on, mm-hmm. you have to go through a door at the top left-hand corner, top right-hand corner. You have no weapons to no start weapon, with, yep. but, but you get given a weapon very quickly. A pair. That's right. Not a pair. Not, there's no joke here. Not like a pair of socks or anything. Just the fruit. No. A pair. Well, I think I think what they were going for from the text that's displayed when you get the pair from what appears to be an angel yep. is that it's, it's a great, clever metaphor, AC, because... A pear is a fruit. Yep. It's a spiritual fruit. Okay. That you that you bear from being a good Christian or something, yeah. I guess. I so think that's that's what they were going the for. There is that you are you get the the fruit. Yep. And then you throw spirit. the and you throw the fruit at like the baddies. Yep. That I look kind of look Okay, look, I'm going to go out, I'm going to say it. Yep. A lot of them have goatees. Yep. A lot of them seem to be carrying knives. Yep. So, whether they're meant to be, like, gang members or not? I don't know when this game is set no, precisely. It, I don't have the manual for this. It's weird. It doesn't seem to be set in any particular period. And we'll get to that a bit later on, why we don't think it's set in anything, and we think it might be modern times. But, uh, mm. yes, our, our, our good friend who stars in this game um, finds a dungeon, goes down, and has to get the Belt of Truth. That's right. I think that's part of the... This reminds me of a... There's a passage in one of Paul's letters... In the New Testament, where mm-hmm. he talks about the armor of God, and he lists off these things like the belt. You have to gird yourself with like the belt of truth and the shield of something and the spear of blah. blah. Okay, so you, and they're all metaphorical. There are yeah. six pieces of armor you need to get in yeah. this game. So there are six dungeons. The first one's pretty easy. Um, there is a there is a screen uh, where you can access all of your weapons, and you've got kind of bombs where you throw, you plant them, and then you throw the. The fruit <laughs> at them and then they explode. That's what happens when you throw a pear at a, at a bomb, right? And it just blows up. It's just highly volatile pears. So basically, the player is a foot soldier in the Lord Army. He is tasked to save the souls of the heathen populace using fruit of the spirit. That's right. Um, yeah, so basically... When you throw your fruit at someone, yep. they, they sort of immediately kneel down and pray, and they, they look. They just change their appearance completely. Yeah, so basically they, they become pious. Yes, and by pious, they, we mean white. <laughs> <laughs> That's another odd detail. I mean, this is a monochromatical screen we're looking at. Look, man, all I'm going to say is those gang members looked ethnic. <laughs> and then when you throw your fruit at them... They kneel down and they stop looking ethnic and then they go to heaven. It's, yeah, they just disappear. They start kneeling down and then they turn into little white birds, doves, I suppose, and they disappear. It's just so weird. It is a very weird game and it is open world. You can explore. There's a train you can't get on unless you can get a ticket and there's apples you can't get unless you have enough spirituality or faith. faith. Yeah, Yeah. faith is just like resource that you collect, like money, essentially. And when you kill people, they leave faith on the, well, kill. No, no, I shouldn't be clear. You're, You're not killing anyone. When you convert them. Foolish, Rob. This isn't a violent game. No, this you're is con- my wisdom tree. You're throwing spiritual fruit at people and converting them and showing them the error of their ways. And then getting the faith that they have and spending it on a train ticket or something. Yeah, it's, we didn't play through a whole lot of this game. Look, the it? theology of this game, I'm not going to comment on. It's not no. necessarily airtight, but... We, we weren't sure what was going on. Like, people <laughs> did have knives. It could be set anywhere, anytime. And then we entered a room where someone was playing basketball. That's right. That's right. They were just there going back and forth and we said, we need to get in there. We couldn't get into the court. And there were bleachers around the basketball yeah. court. It was like a half court. Yeah. 
and there were bleachers around it blocking you from and you just have to watch this guy play basketball and we thought oh he's a heathen that needs it and then we we tried to convert him using our our fruit of spirit no but it didn't work turns he, out he's probably or he's probably already a he, christian i guess he was already you know yep. basketball <laughs> is in the good book after that's, all that's obviously right. everyone everyone knows that if you play basketball you automatically get a free pass into heaven awesome what if you're bad at basketball it's more about it's more about like you know having a go. <laughs> you see. I refuse. <laughs> it's a reward. It's a for effort. <laughs> I'm right. I'm basketball agnostic. I'll have you know. I don't really believe in it. I'm not sure if it's real or not. You're waiting for you're waiting for proof. <laughs> oh look, look! All I'm saying is that I saw Dennis Rodman. Yes. And then I just wasn't sure. Look, I was really. I, I would really, shake anyone's faith. <laughs> I really believed in in basketball truly and spiritually, and then I saw Dennis Rodman and went. Someone's not quite right about this. I don't well, think this is a real game. Well, when I saw Dennis Robert hanging out with, with Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-il or Un, whatever Un, one. Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Which, what's our current one? Un. Un? Okay, yeah. good. That one. Or il. Uh, no, you've confused me. No, <laughs> damn it. I was so sure of myself. I think it is Kim Jong-un. It is, it is Un at the moment. It was yeah. Il. Yep. Anyway, he's a good mate of Dennis Rodman and therefore is going to heaven as well apparently oh yeah that's where they're they're, they're going anyway don't worry none of us will get there so no. we'll be fine don't worry about that we're in the fun place <laughs> yes fun so look as I said that is the most gamey type game if you explore it I don't think it's the worst thing ever I've certainly played worse yeah. Game Boy games it's pretty involved mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't get the juices flowing or anything like no, that. No, it's not but exciting. It's, but it's a game and it's at the very best you can say that it's passable as a game. Look, I'll give it, I'll give you this AC. Mm-hmm. It has this going for it. Yep. It's not a Boulder Dash clone. For the most part, yeah, I'll agree with you. <laughs> 90%. Although I will say the sprites are very similar in size and the controls are very similar. Yeah, it's And obviously they they, they took a template there. <laughs> And made it a bit more complex. Now, the last cart that I have is probably one of the rarest Game Boy carts I actually own. And it is a boxed copy of the King James Bible mm-hmm. on a Game Boy cart. That's right. So they released, like, basically like an old e-reader, they released the King James Bible in its entirety onto a Game Boy cart. All text. Mm-hmm. No, no fun pictures of... Well, I don't know what happens in the Bible. Incest. <laughs> People being stoned and stuff. Oh, like yeah. Oh, shit. I want some pictures of that. Uh, so They're not getting stoned. <laughs> beings. Both. Either. Good. <laughs> or, or fun, mate. Ticks the box in your book. <laughs> All right. So, look. There are some games on this. Mm-hmm. Bible games. And that is a memory game where you need to match up with two sides of the screen. Arse to arse. Heathen to heathen. Arse to arse. You know, hell you, to hell. I, I'm laughing, but that it did come up. Yeah, ass to ass. It takes random words from the Bible. Turns out hell and ass are in there quite a lot. Yeah, it, it comes up. Um, smelleth and shameth. And- yeah, oh shameth. Oh guilty was in there as well, quite a lot. Yep. So that's a memory game, and then the other one was like hangman, except with sheep. Yeah, it's basically you've got this sheep in a paddock, and you're playing hangman, and if you get enough letters wrong, um, a sheep escapes from the paddock. And that's another fun metaphor, AC, because, because you know, Jesus is sort of, you know, the good shepherd and everything, and we're the lost sheep or something. So, you know, and if you get, and actually, once the sheep escapes, you've only got two left, but if you get a few letters right, the sheep just hops back into the paddock. <laughs> you don't even have to rescue it. It just comes back voluntarily and just jumps back in, which is great, I think. The power of, the power of hangman faith. I think a lot of priests out there would wish that lost sheep were that easy to reclaim. <laughs> <laughs> Christian jokes. 
Hashtag Christian jokes. Hashtag cool dad. You know, if I just stop talking, I'm just wondering how far you'd go with this. I'll, I'll probably just end up curled up on a ball crying. <laughs> in a ball. I'll call it curled up in a ball on a ball. Crying. 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 Lots of crying. So Crying is important. We, we did do a couple of searches. Apparently there actually is no particular word for incest in the Bible, which really surprised me. Yes, we did a couple of searches. We searched for incest. And sex. And, se- and zero results for both. Which I think probably explains why this book is losing its popularity, AC. Because <laughs> how, many, how many mentions of the word sex and incest do you think are in Game of Thrones? I'd say... <laughs> cover to cover. Millions. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saying, Christian Church might need some PR work. <laughs> from, from, from George, George R. 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 Martin. That's right. Get him in to rewrite the Bible. <laughs> yeah, except it would take him so long to do one chapter. And then he'd probably die before he got to the rest of it. Really lengthy descriptions of food as well, for some reason. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that, um, the one game I don't have is one of the rarest ones that very rarely comes up. And that is the new international version of the Bible. It doesn't even come in a box. It kind of comes in a plastic boxy sleeve, transparent thing. Uh, those are very rare. Mm. And basically the same as the King James Bible, except it's the new international version Bible. It's interesting they even bother to make that because it seems like, I don't know, I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I feel like Wisdom Tree's sort of core cool. audience yeah, is sort of like real Bible belt, Bible bashing fundamentalist types for whom the King James Bible is like the authoritative version and the, and the international version is kind of like the devil's work. So I'm not surprised that there's less copies of that floating yeah, around. Yeah, look, exactly. Um, it was made and it probably didn't sell. Yeah. And so that's why they're even rarer today. Yeah. So, would you recommend these games, Robbie? <laughs> oh my goodness! As a Christian, as a God-fearing Christian who sat with me and made fun of, and I got to say, we made fun of a lot of this stuff right up until I started reading the actual Bible, and yes. then Rob fell silent. So there yeah, is yeah. there is actually a line he will not step over. There is a line, and I think that was when you started to mock the Book of Ezekiel, and I was like, I can't go along with you on this. But um, look, man. The genie okay, okay. okay. Well, if I'll answer this question in two ways. Yep. One with my Christian hat on. Okay. And one with my video gamesman hat on. Okay. We'll start with the video gamesman hat. Okay. Because that's love the that easier hat. one. Okay. Yes. Okay. These games are terrible. <laughs> They're very, very bad. Yes. Even, even the good one, quote unquote, spiritual warfare, is like tedious and uninspiring. Mm-hmm. It is complex. It does have systems. There's a there's a menu. You can look at what you what you've got equipped. There is less know. story than Zelda in this, and that yeah. tells you something. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, spiritual warfare has more to it, right? Mm. Yeah, there's more. You could you could spend a few hours playing that game, probably maybe even like ten or so. I don't even mm. I don't know how long it is, but it seems like it could be a long game. <laughs> um, the other games, Joshua and Exodus, are very simple and and sort of uninspired. But I also I sort of want to play them more than spiritual warfare, just because spiritual warfare seems like so much of an undertaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, do I really want to dig into this? Do I really want to dedicate the time it takes to beat this game? Well, at least, at least in a Boulder Dash clone, it's pretty straightforward, you know. But on all counts, those three actual games are very bad. Yeah. And the King James Bible on on the Game Boy cart. Look, it's an interesting thing that it, that it exists. It is. I don't yeah. know that it's worth... Like, what's the cheapest version you've seen of this? Like, 100 uh, bucks or something? Just or? just for 
the cartridge mm-hmm. with no paraphernalia, no box, no manual. Yeah. 175 Australian dollars. Holy crap. See, that's just... Yeah. There's just no way in hell, unless you're trying to collect every video... Every Game Boy game that was ever made, that you would want to buy this. Yeah. You can get the King James Bible. Spoilers! And you can get it for free online. It's very easy. And here's here's the other thing about this. Christians are only too happy to provide you with a copy of the Bible. He, that is also true. <laughs> for free. The other thing is... That these were unlicensed. So if you are going for a full set of Game Boy games, mm-hmm. these do not count. Yes, that's right. I mean, they're an interesting historical curiosity in the Game Boy's library at best. Yeah, yeah. But I think if once you've got every every official Game Boy game, maybe you want to go into this weird territory. Yeah, I know, I know too. people who actually own every official Game Boy game. But if you are, if you aren't that kind of that special kind of crazy, mm-hmm. and if you aren't like living in the early 90s and want your kids to stop playing Tetris and start reading the Bible, I do not recommend these games at all. Okay, Christian hat on. I want to hear what Christian Rob has to say about these games. <laughs> okay, all right. Christian Rob, putting my hat on. Um, it's a very strange thing to see, to see these games from a Christian perspective because I think... Look, there are there are okay. So to be fair, we didn't really touch on this, but each of the games we played does have a quiz at some point in it. Yeah, and they'll quiz you on 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 the Bible. You know, um, I will say that I got more questions <laughs> right than Rob did. Well, the, you, that was the, I, I got a lot right in the Joshua game, but I got very few right in the Moses game, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why that is. I just I guess I just paid more attention when it came to the slaughter of innocents than I did when it was you know the whole sort of you know Charlton Heston stuff. Um, <laughs> But either way, I, I just I wonder whether these games ever really did the trick. Hmm. You know, like I feel like if your kid has a Game Boy, that they probably wouldn't want to play one of these. And yeah, I'm not sure how much kids actually learned about the Bible from playing these games. To be clear, like I should re- re- reiterate this: Exodus and Joshua. Th- it's so different from the story in the Bible that it, it it's 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 almost impossible to know. If you, if you didn't know that that game was Exodus yeah. or, or Joshua, you would not know. No. You, you, you couldn't tell just from playing the game. No, and that's why the quizzes, the Bible quizzes are in there. It's, yeah. It's like to, to put some pretense of education in there. Yeah, yeah. And then the spiritual warfare is just really fascinating and bizarre on all counts because you're sort of throwing free to people and then they're repenting. and It's just so strange. I just don't think it... I don't think it does the trick on either count. They're not fun games, and they're not educating people about Christianity very well. And they're certainly not going to sell anyone. Like, if you were, like, on the fence about Christianity, I don't think playing (laughs) Joshua in the Battle of Jericho is going to, like, push you to one side or the other. Well, it probably will push you to one side, maybe not the side that the church wants. Not not the winning side. So, yeah, I think on all counts, uh, I really can't recommend these games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't. How about you, AC? I'm one. I'm very curious. <laughs> Look, you're talking ten out of ten. <laughs> I would love it if you did that. Oh, I can't. I just, I just can't. Yeah. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. At some point in my past, I was toying around with the idea of getting a full set of either English-speaking. In other words, uh, US, NTSC, and PAL. Not that there really is much of a difference there when it's Game Boy because it's multi-region. Basically, English-speaking Game Boy games. I have about 100 and 200, maybe 100, between 100 and 200 Game Boy games. So it's no small amount. And 
I I was toying around with it, and then I came to my senses and went, "This is a fool's errand. I don't need to do this. I don't need to spend that much money on something." The vast majority of which I'm not going to play. <laughs> Fair enough. There is a lot of filler on Game Boy. I just, but the reason I was considering it is because I really like the Game Boy. Mm. I really enjoy the games. I love the pick up and play ability. The longer games, like uh, Link's Awakening, is still one of the best Zelda games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta admit that in the past few years, I haven't been playing as many Game Boy games. Because my eyesight is starting to fail right. pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been diagnosed with the same thing my daughter has, which is FEVR, which means I really need to not strain my eyes so much, mm. lest my blood vessels burst or my retina detaches or something like that. Yikes. So um, you can play it on, on bigger screens mm. uh, using the Game Boy emulator and, of course, the, the Game Boy uh, Advance or the Game Boy Player on the uh, GameCube. And I still love all of those games. I think that the Game Boy Advance might actually be one of my all-time favorite systems. Such a great system. I digress. I'm trying to distract myself. So I don't have to talk, talk about, about anything games. except Wisdom Tree. But basically, I, I, I came across these Wisdom Tree games. I think it may have been through Angry Video Game Nerd, the, the NES ones. And he vaguely mentioned like the King James Bible. And I did some research and I went, oh... I just, I'm just kind of curious, and these games weren't particularly expensive at the time, so I got most of them. The the national, the new international version very rarely comes up, and when it does, it's like one thousand five hundred Australian dollars on yeah. eBay at the moment. There's only one, mm. so I never bothered getting that. Uh, I did manage to get the King James Bible version, and these were just more or less historical curiosities. Um, How much did it cost you when you got it? Because it was a few years ago now, wasn't it? It was a few years ago. Completely boxed on it. Was actually sealed when I got it. Wow. Um, was about $60, $50, $60, I think. Wow. Now the price is like kind of like more Tenfold than... Yeah. If it's sealed. Um, or maybe more if it's sealed. I broke the seal. But the thing is, one of the, like I wanted to actually see it for myself and pop it in and have a bit of a play around with it and have a bit of a look. Because it was just, as I said, I'm, I'm an atheist, but I'm not one of those hatred, you know... Atheist who goes out there saying you gotta, it's just stupid. You can't, you can't believe in this stuff. Almost it's all science. Dare I say a proselytizing atheist? <laughs> yeah, no. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Just don't come barking up my tree. That's all I ask. Oh, the, my wisdom tree. Yeah, my wisdom tree, baby. If you will. Yeah, my dick. No way. <laughs> that's that's what you call it. <laughs> I think we all know that my my dick already has its own name. It's Shakespearean. It's Don John, because he's a villain. Oh so I can't recommend any of these games. I will say, though, if you do see them in the wild for very cheap, pick them up, play them for five minutes, sell them on, and make a profit. So the reason why King James sticks out in my mind mm-hmm. is that I remember doing history in like year eight mm-hmm. back in that was this would have been 1995 or something. Sure. In um, in Stromlo High School. Mm-hmm. And during this history class, we were learning about 
medieval history and like you know that you know Elizabeth and King James and stuff like that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone said, "Oh, he's the Bible guy," and the this like old crusty, um, you know, like woman teacher who you had to call Miss for whatever reason, and not even her surname, just Miss. <laughs> I was going, "Oh yes, King James. He apparently you know was the driving force behind the Bible." But did you know that at best he preferred men's company, but at worst he was a homosexual? <laughs> a homosexual. That's how she said it. And that stuck with me the way she said at it. Worst. And you were talking to a bunch of mid 90s kids who, for all their bastardry and dickheadedness, that's a word, look it up, <laughs> were actually pretty tolerant of gay people by that stage. <laughs> And so we were yeah. like, we're going, what's the problem? And, and like, and, you know, people were actually going, okay, so, and I think this person was a bit of a spink star, may have been spurned. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying. But anyway, she was saying that, oh, yes, yes, he preferred male company. And the reason why there is so many um, passages in the, in the King James Bible about being gay is the people who wrote it were trying to discourage him from that path in life or right, something okay. like that. And there's witchcraft, part, you know, witchcraft. Um, yeah, well, I know that he wrote a book about witchcraft. Yeah, you know, there was a lot more witchcraftiness, I don't know, stuff in there. And back, when, back when kings and queens wrote books, yeah. you know, I want to see Queen Elizabeth's book on witchcraft. <laughs> The discovery of witches. Mind your own business. <laughs> it's right. I'm here to here to say to you, fuck off. Uh, anyway, so that just kind of stuck with me because it's like, so what if he was? It wasn't until years later that I kind of made the connection that, oh yeah, he's the bloke that did the Bible thingy that kind of said that that stuff is bad, and I was I completely kind of forgot about it until mm. Doctor Who this week had um, a witch... It was last week, I think Mm. it was. A witchcraft, uh, you know, where they went back and met King James. Oh, wow. And he was very friendly with the fellows. Right. Uh, And... You know, well, that's kind of what jogged my memory and went, oh, yes, yeah. that creepy old woman teacher from the 1995 was, like, really upset that he may have been gay or something like that. I just didn't, didn't yeah. think about it too much. It's one, one of those little ironies of history years and years. Yeah. that the King James Bible was sort of, well, not written. He didn't really write it at all. No, no, he commissioned he, it. He sort of commissioned it and authorised it. Yeah. Yeah. The King James of King James Bible fame um, almost... Yeah, look, there's a lot of there's a whole bunch of evidence. There's a lot that of seems to point seems to point to him being gay. Yeah, um, so that's interesting. There are so many scholars out there who say no, 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 not at all, not at all. He mm. he does you know like mucking about with the with the men a bit, you know, you know how it is. You just take your clothes off and have a bit of a roll in the hay. I mean, he did have he did have kids, but yeah. that's neither that's not really proof of anything, is it? Really? No, no, it's neither here nor there, really. Yeah, we'll, we'll never really get to the bottom of this. We're no. not, we're neither of us are historians. No, it, it's just one of those funny things that just kind of comes into my like just came into my mind recently because it was something that we used to think about and mm. like you know while calling each other dickhead and you know fuckwit at recess, <laughs> we're going, going why did why was that teacher so angry about like King James, the guy who lived 500 years ago being gay. Like, mm. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of stood out to me. Mm. Um, that was my little anecdote. Uh, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Rob, what have you been doing in the past week? Because we're only recording a week later than we were recording last week. That's right. We've doubled up because uh, reasons, scheduling reasons. I go away in a week. Uh, yeah, I haven't played many games in the interim, AC. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been focused on other matters. In fact, it's been really busy for me at work. 
So when I come home from work at the end of the day and after sort of parenting and everything, I'm pretty much exhausted. So I've just been kind of burning the candle at both ends. Uh, haven't done much gaming, um, but there has been some life stuff that's happened in the last oh, yeah? week I can probably talk about. Cool. Um, primarily today, uh, my divorce was heard. <gasps> um in front of the family court. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't attend because when you do a joint application, um, the court doesn't require you to turn up because there's nothing in dispute. So what happens? Is it an empty courtroom and just a bunch of people get up and do the formal stuff? Or is it just like a little room where they just go, yep, okay, stamp, 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 done? I, I wonder actually, I actually wonder about that, AC. If, it, if, if there's no one appearing, mm. then I, I wonder whether it's just done in chambers you know, like with, they just do it at, at the desk. Well, they probably would. Why would they book out a whole courtroom to do something like yeah, that? Yeah, but it's just if funny. No one's going to turn up. It's funny to call it a hearing, isn't it, really? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not actually sure. I should ask someone who's involved in family law about that. Um, I do know, without getting giving the game away, I do work in kind of a legal setting. Um, so, which did help actually when it came to writing the application and, and, and what evidence to provide and whatnot. Anyway, so apparently that's all gone through. My ex told me that apparently there's like a month leeway, like it, like they they'll make the order, kind of a buffer period. Yeah, they make the order, and then like a month, it comes into effect in a month. Okay. So I'm still not technically a free man fully divorced, yet, but I will be in a month. Okay. So, but you're pretty much divorced. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think at this point, I probably could say to someone, "I'm divorced," and it wouldn't be inaccurate. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I, I think I was pretty depressed about it throughout the week. But then today, I I think I just kind of, I'm over it, you know? Like, I just kind of accepting it. Yeah, um, fair enough. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a wave of depression that'll come through at some point. Because no one wants their marriage to end this way. I mean, that that's the depressing thing. It's that, it's that sense of, well, this is not what I wanted at all. In fact, this is the opposite. Of what I wanted, but yeah. you know, f- freaking hell, man, you got to ex- you got to just like get in, you got to get on board with life sometimes. And I've known for a long time now this is the way things were headed. Hmm. Um, but it's not like you two are at your throat or anything like no. that. No, you know, you, you, you're still friends. You're still raising your daughter. Mm-hmm. You still see each other. You still have dinner together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so once a week now. You know, we've reduced the amount of contact. Yeah. But I still do go over to their place. Well, I'm, I'm dropping Ruby off to Meg like yeah. several times a week. And one night a week, I'll actually stay for dinner and, and then put Ruby to bed at Meg's place. So, there is some semblance of, of, of family there. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, actually, it actually is family. I was, think, I was thinking about it from, like, Ruby's perspective that she does have a family. She does have a mum and a dad. Yeah. You know, she has all these relatives that love her and stuff. It's, it's just that we don't live in the same house, you know. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's complex, but but... It's a probably, lot of families are these days. Yeah. yeah. I, I I take some comfort in the knowledge that she is not... It's not, you know, rare, really. Um, it's also not like you two are at each other's throats and trying to keep her from, you know, using her as a tool as re- of revenge against each other. Yeah, we're probably one of the more happier, if there's such a thing, a happier divorce mm. than, than mm. others. And It's being handled maturely, which I think is important for, for Ruby's sake. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, you know, I don't want to do too much patting on my back or anything about this. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have my part to play in all this shit as well, you know, and there's a lot of regret bound up in all of this, but... but Bottom line is that I think Meg and I have spent the last year 
getting pretty okay at co-parenting, you know? Yeah. The true. kid's happy. She she seems to be very well adjusted and, and happy little kid. Um she's learning heaps, very quite quite bright, I think. I mean every kid Very every bright par- kid, yeah. Every parent thinks that, of course. Um and we see Ruby as well. Like, you know, she comes mm. on play dates with our daughter. Yeah. And it's very cute. Yeah. Watching the two of them play together. Ruby's very loud and very bossy and, and May <laughs> is very sort of like the opposite in a lot of ways. Um <laughs> Uh, so it's like May it's is, quite funny if you remember Professor Farnsworth mm. from uh, from Futurama she kind of just stands around and says oh good news everyone <laughs> oh I think I might follow over here and just kind of dotters along whereas I do think that Ruby is kind of like some sort of halfway house between like Fry and maybe Hermes <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say Leela <laughs> you're expecting me to but I didn't well I was going to poke one of her eyes out but you know yeah yeah um, but yeah. it, it seems to be going well and, you know, Ruby seems fine. And I think that's the important part in all of this. Absolutely. You know, I keep thinking back uh, about Ruby, really. It all comes back to her. Mm. I have, we've got some photos done recently of um, from her school. You know, like, well, not school, but, you know, play group, essentially. And I've got one on a frame at my, my desk at work. And another framed one at my desk at home in my home office. And it's it's just a great reminder that... You know what? Like, yes, you are divorced, but you're still a dad. You have a kid that's depending on you. Yeah. And it really does. Every time I feel a bit lazy or a bit unmotivated, like looking at her photo at my desk is a great way to kind of like reinvigorate me and like remind me that I'm working not just for me, but to feed and clothe and provide for a child who depends upon me. So it's a noble goal. Yes, so it's 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 been a very weird year, actually. Think casting my mind back over the year, it has. I mean, you guys have been separated for over a year now. That's and... right. Yeah, we separated in September of 2017. Yep. So it's been over a year. Um, That's kind of a. I suppose. Are you are you happy to put a bookend on this year? Like happy to just kind of say, well, that was 2018. It was a weird year. It was hard. There were some good times. Maybe just like let's put it behind us. I think so. Look, I have some things I'm. Actually, pretty happy about this year. When I really think about it, mm. that's good. Obviously, it's been very difficult, um, but there's been some pluses. You know, um, I think watching Ruby grow up and and just turn turn from 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 a like a an infant into a um, little kid really mm. um, was amazing. I've really enjoyed that. Um, it was a great sense of achievement for me in getting my astrology qualifications. Um, that was a lot of work and, uh, and then progressing towards actually turning that into a moneymaker next year, fingers crossed, which will be again, really good. And hopefully will help, help me pay my bills and, and pay for Ruby as well. So, um, well, good luck to you. I say, yeah, thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to talk about this stuff on the podcast because I, I, I have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion that, that our, <laughs> our audience may not be appreciative of all this, of this stuff, but it's, it, if it's a big achievement for me. Um, it's what you, it's, you look, Rob's doing what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, that's right. And whether you agree with his way of thinking or not, you know, he still considers, uh, Crusader Kings a good game. I just don't, <laughs> yes, don't look, agree with that. I just can't, I can never judge- agree with that, but some may question my judgment on video <laughs> games and astrology. <laughs> What the hell is astrology? I'm talking about video games. <laughs> I can, speaking of Crusader Kings, 
Damn it! I should have said it. I did see there was a DLC where you don't you... even need to. It's not like Beetlejuice. You don't even need to say it three times. Yeah. It's like Crusader Kings, Crusader <laughs> Kings, Crusader Kings. You only need to say it fucking once, and then he goes off on a tangent. Well, I just wanted to connect the dots because there is a DLC I found called like Mystics or something like that, where you can actually like get astrologers. <laughs> So you could have like a court astrologer or something like that, which would just be great. I, I'm, I ho- I'm hoping that it will have like both negative and positive effects, you know, <laughs> like positive effect, you know, occasionally things work out well, negative effect, like he just super misleads you and leads you down like some like blind alley or something. That, that would be funny. I, I'm interested in how that actually works out. Sure. It, could, it could be 100% accurate. And I think could, it also has like, all along. But I think also the intent of that is to ha- add like, like a certain amount of like black magic and weirdness to the game. Because yeah. there was a, there was a lot of like mystical weirdness going on in, in the middle ages that isn't really present in the vanilla version of, of Crusader King. So I think I might check out that DLC just to add a bit of like woo-woo superstition slash weirdness to the game. Um, it'd be fun to sort of see how that plays out. But, yeah. Um, anyway, back to me and my and my life, etc. Look, that's really all I had to say. It's It's been it's been an intense year. A ty- I think more than anything, tiring year. You've been pretty tired on a lot of these podcasts. Yeah. And I, it's and also because we started doing these podcasts on a... On a Friday night. Friday night rather than Saturday night. <laughs> and, and to be clear, like Thursday nights, every second Thursday, I, I have an astrology group meetup, which results in me coming home very late and, and not getting much sleep. So really, really great, really great sort of uh, setup for the, for the podcast the following night. <laughs> um, that's about all I really wanted to say, but I'm, I'm hopeful that 2019 will actually be a cool little turnaround for me. I look at this year as like something I had to get through. Yeah, that's know? fair enough. And then the next year might be the one where I start to take a, you know, get a firm grip on life and really shake some some money out of it. You know, good times sure. or something out of it. You can you can shake money out of something. I'll turn them upside down and the money will fall out of its pockets. <laughs> that's my metaphor for 2019. So you, AC, fellow human... And, and male heterosexual. What have you been as doing? As you know. What you... <laughs> hey, I've, I've probed deeply into your life. And mm, you other... have. You've known me. And next year, we've known each other for 30 years. That's creepy. That is... No... Do you know when we met? Do you know what time of year it was? We could actually do, have some kind of anniversary. I do kind of know. It would have been... It was definitely mid term mid-semester wasn't it, it was it was actually about march yeah was it okay was it because you would have come to you would have started the semester that I, I started at the very beginning of 1989 i remember because we moved back at the start of like mm. early january 1989 and i remember looking around uh because chris my brother mm. who i don't mention on the podcast much um because he's a thug all right i'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> sugarcoat this my brother is a very talented man. He's also a thug. <laughs> um, video games are not in his purview, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he prefers to, like, you know, hit things with hammers and things like that. Yes. He's incredibly one of... He's actually the most talented mechanic I know. Mm. Uh, he is basically... Uh, he's not even... He, there are many things I could say, and I could go on gushing about how brilliant my brother is, mm. but he's also a thug. <laughs> he is a tattooed... Big bearded, massive haired thug. Mm-hmm. He will hit you with a spanner. He's hit me with a spanner. <laughs> you two are very different. We are very different, but we are we are a lot closer now than we ever used to be. Yeah, that's but uh, he was studying preschool, and I remember going to what I refer to as the Lego School, which was Cambar uh, or Taylor Primary School. That's right. 
and my brother was supposed to start at preschool there and we started watering the plants because that looked like they were dying over the summer break because it's summer in Australia. Right. So this is at the front, And then it set off the alarm. Right. Because we were getting too close and we were trying to be good citizens, community of Canberra. Anyway, hmm. um, so I started... And then I went to the library a lot because no one would talk to me because I was a new kid. Mm -hmm. uh, and I read Asterix books because they were comics and easy for me to read. Mm -hmm. And then I met you who also read Asterix books and they were easy to read and we were both outcasts. That's and right. that's how it all started. Sometimes, sometimes that's all it takes. And 30 years later, pretty much we're here. Not both much outcasts. Has, not much has changed. <laughs> we still read comic books and are outcasts. So yeah, You fulfilled your lifelong dream of reading Asterix in Latin. That's right. <laughs> which That's right. pretty much is your lifelong dream. Yeah, look, in some ways it has come full circle. Because <laughs> I, I remember the first Asterix book I ever read had like a smattering of Latin in it. It does. Some of them do. Yeah. Like, there's kind of this, some really interesting stuff in there. It's, a lot of Asterix is very cultural mm. and like European. Not just like France, mm. but there's a lot of Italian because Romans. But there's also a lot of Spanish and a lot of Goth, like yeah. German and stuff yeah. in there as well. It's, it's an interesting thing. And it is... Like, I think at the time it probably wasn't highbrow, but by today's standards, it probably is. It's pretty highbrow by today's standards. I mean, the bar's been significantly lowered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned that. Um, yeah, the Latin asterisk. Hmm. Um, so basically, I don't like, you You know, we've only been um, apart a whole week, mm -hmm. dearest Rob. I know, my heart yearned for you, AC. It really did. <laughs> you, you walk out the door and you fucking forget my name. <laughs> Uh, I actually so, spit in your direction when I leave the when I leave the house every day. I've got, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just appeasing the gods, really. Um, <laughs> I have two little game things. Or one game thing, one life thing. I want to mention mm -hmm. um, Vision Australia, who help us um, prepare May for the big wide world, mm -hmm. which she cannot see the overwhelming majority of. Yes. It's fair to say. Um, she, they came over and they gave me her first cane. Mm. So, and we took videos of it and she treats it like a toy and it looks like what you see, uh, blind people, sight impaired people use in the streets. Mm -hmm. Like it's got a black handle, a white middle and a, like a red kind of end section with like a ball at the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can replace the ball with just like a big plastic tip. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, dragging it along the footpath and whacking sand and whacking trees, hearing the distant sounds and you know, different sounds, not distant sounds. Mm -hmm. And, like, finding the cracks in the concrete. So she did really well mm. on her first cane day out. That's great. Seems like she's kind of got the idea of it a bit. A little a bit, bit, yeah. We really need to encourage her to keep using it mm. because mm. I think... I think I think kids are okay with that sort of thing. They they kind of drift in and out of it. Apparently, they're okay with it, and then when they become a teenager, they abandon the cane for a while because right. they don't want to use it and they want to appear normal. Mm, mm. Uh, it's probably not going to be too much of an option for me. Let's kind of be That's teenagers one hundred and one, though, isn't it? They just yeah. want to fit in and not that, attract attention. That's not going to happen with me, yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm. Even if she didn't have the cane and she was fully sighted. Mm. There's no way she could remain anonymous as a teenager. I couldn't remain anonymous. No. <laughs> There's just no way that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Look, yeah, she, she, will, all, she will stand out. You yeah. know what I mean? She's already pretty much fucking bilingual, so... Uh, yeah. she, look, she did really well. I'm so proud of her. We just need to keep it up. Like, that's the thing. They have fun with the cane, and she says it's Sugoi, which is, like, very uh, good. fun, interesting, very good. Yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. 
And we just, so we just need to keep it up. And a uh, good thing, like most canes, it has like an elastic bit in the middle. You can collapse it down. So we'll probably take it to Japan with us and let her whack it around the farm. <laughs> okay, that was the wrong phrase. Whack it around the farm. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, I've got images now. <laughs> When you when, look, when you message me from from Japan, look I'm a be big very... long cane with a red tip. I'm certainly going to be whacking that around the farm. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to visit your farm, Ace. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lots of animals there. I have to wear like a, one of those like hazmat suits. <laughs> like I mean, black light. <laughs> you don't want to. Don't don't go into my room. With don't black go light. anywhere in Japan with black light. Rob actually raises a good point there because you really should not do that. Well, I'm saying is it's a very small place. It's a high population. There's a lot of... Look, love hotels exist for a reason. Do not. Do not. So, I have... So, Doctor uh, Who, Maria bought me uh, a very nice present when Doctor... The original, like, eight, uh, sorry, ninth and 10th Doctor, like, um, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant was on. Mm-hmm. They had like a toy sonic screwdriver that was also a pen. Right. But the the tip was not a blue light. It was an ultraviolet light, a black light. Oh, wow. So, because it came with a notepad and paper, which you could write stuff on with... Because the, ten, the pen had like a nub of ink and a nub of like um, UV ink. Okay. So, you could write stuff down. You couldn't see it. And then, oh, you shine the light on it. You can see what uh, they're saying. Daleks in Sector 4 or fucking whatever. So, you can write fun secret messages to your friends. Yeah. yeah. Digging balls. Always digging balls. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I had this because I love playing around with it. Mm-hmm. And at one stage, because it's a black light, when my wife was having a shower in a love... In, in a hotel, which okay. is you know, one of these places that you often sometimes stay up, mm-hmm. I just kind of went bzzz, and the black light in a dark, you know, with like very... Because in, in these sorts of hotels, the lights are very dim. Uh-huh. So if you shine a light, yes. all of a sudden everything gets illuminated up. Uh-huh. Everything got illuminated up. Oh, dear. Never do that. Did you want to immediately leave the room or... Picasso <laughs> has nothing. <laughs> On those bed sheets. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not going to say it's not artistic, but I'm not also going to sit here and say it's deliberate either. Hey, look, don't don't judge my art, AC. <laughs> I made my, my personal mission to visit every love hotel in Japan. <laughs> Jesus. And express myself creatively. See, I'm imagining you, like, as one of the Splatoon Inklings, like, with a gun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Must cover all surfaces. And not evenly, either. So, <laughs> I'm very competitive, Ace. Uh, look, I forgot what I was talking about. I think this started with my daughter's... I was so proud of my daughter using a cane, and now we've... <laughs> Devolved now it's, now it's me going from hotel to hotel committing foul acts. <laughs> I love this podcast. I do. Uh, it, it's pretty good. So, oh, man. I, I am proud of her. I, I, like, we just got to keep it up. We just got to keep her using the cane. Yeah. And she will naturally kind of figure out what the cane is for. Yeah. As she, as she grows up and kind of wants to know. At the moment, she's just banging it, banging it against, like, things. There's this kind of... Like rock climbing uh, hexahedron thing in the park, like all connected where, you know, like it's kind of an older kid's playground where you can go. But Mm. these like big shapes are hollow and she was just banging against it, making a different noise. 
which seems like playing and it is but it serves a purpose she knows what sound those things make now yeah so she yeah. knows what it is yeah and she knows what s- like trees are when she hits them she knows what uneven ground sounds like or grass sounds like when she whacks them yeah so yeah. it's all like it's giving her information she might not normally have in a of a visual context despite yeah. the fact she's sighted which is one of the reasons why these things exist interesting I, I hadn't sort of fully thought through the utility of it you know but it makes sense because it yeah. gives you like like a feedback both sound wise but also mm. physically like the way it feels as well and, and so that yeah when you see someone on the street and this is actually kind of important who is blind who has a dog or has a cane, mm-hmm. that does not necessarily mean they see nothing but blackness mm-hmm. and they're just kind of going click, 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 click. There are some people like that, mm-hmm. but a lot of sight impaired people, yeah. like my daughter, yeah. um, can see things. Yeah. They just can't see them clearly mm. or with, you know, they see them without detail. So she might be able to see a red light if it's, you know, maybe a meter in front of her or something like that, but she probably couldn't see the little green blinking man on the other side of the street, which yeah. is why those sounds help her so much. Mm. So, yeah, if you see someone with a dog or a cane, um, you don't immediately think that they can see nothing. Yeah. Because it's not always like that. There's like a spectrum of different there like, really levels of, of sight impairment. Yeah. Like my, my daughter is legally blind and she will be for the rest of her life. But that doesn't mean she can't see anything. Like she doesn't yeah. see nothing but blackness. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I, w- I went to school with a girl. She was a friend of my, of my, my girlfriend at the time who was like apparently legally blind was the mm. phrase she used. Um, but she could like navigate around relatively well. Um, without needing a cane and stuff like that. It was more just like she could never really drive a car. Um, yep, she, same and with reading, me. she had to sort of, you know, like bring the book up quite close yeah. to her face and things like that. I think she had pretty intense contact lenses or something. Um, it, yeah, it, it was it was not what you think, you know? No, when when someone says they're blind, yeah. there are... There it can mean are, different things. It can mean very many different things. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, that's good. Uh, because I'm learning a lot of this at the same time... My daughter is. I mean, I already knew that, like, you know, because mm. I've worked with um, kids with different. I, I'm hesitant to use the word disabilities, but that is the word we use. Like, you know, because I have worked with a lot of children in my time, especially in Japan. I've worked with um, people, a lot of kids on the on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum, and a lot of kids with physical disabilities, people in wheelchairs. So, you know, I've I've, I've seen a lot of people. So I was perhaps not as uh, shocked when May was blind. Like I, I was shocked that it would happen to me, but not completely unprepared. I suppose you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of you're like, okay, all right. It's like this is a thing. This is a thing that's going to be a thing for the rest of thing. But it's a thing we can handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I was going was I just kind of wanted to touch on briefly before we get to another topic. We're going to run over today, by the way, people. I think we are. Um, I just wanted to mention that I, the only game I've been playing in the past week, I only got kind of yesterday and today, <laughs> is uh, Point Blank. Oh, cool. Yeah. For the Nintendo DS. What? Yes, you heard me right. So Point Blank, when you used to go into the arcades in the late 90s, you used uh-huh. to see the the popular Namco game, I think it was? Yes, I think it's Namco, yeah. Uh, like with the, the, the guns with the feedback, mm-hmm. the red and blue guns. 
God, that was a fun game. It was a very fun game where mm. you actually, you know, had usually had a backlit screen. It's a whole bunch of like shooting mini games, light gun mini games. Yeah, basically. light gun mini games. Yeah. So they released that a collection of it for the Nintendo DS. Using a stylus instead of the gun. You got it in one, baby. How does that work? You know what? I've been playing a whole bunch of games, and I was playing it when you literally walked in the door today. Surprisingly well. Huh. You need... I would recommend if you did play this and you have a Nintendo DS XL, that would be the optimum way. Because the bigger screen, the better. Yes, Mm. because you still need to tap. Like, there were instances where I was going, this is... This is... This is piss easy. This is easy as fuck. Just tap, 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 tap. That's what I thought. It would be too easy. But you're wrong. Okay. Because all of a sudden, it's like, all these enemies and all these things come at the same time. And then you go, I can't actually... I'm not actually that accurate with my hand. Like, trying to pinpoint something, and I can show you after the podcast, Mm. of trying to get all of these things. I admit, I think it is a bit easier, but some of them... They've rigged some of the games to be a little bit more challenging as well. So I've actually been really enjoying playing through Point Blank on DS. Nice. Okay. It's it's not the most common game out there and Mm. not everyone knows that it was released. Mm. I think it was actually released by Atari of all... Wow. um, Of all distributors, I want to say. I mean, I had no idea. Interestingly enough. Mm. Yeah, but it it was like I I kind of caught wind of it on the internet. I kind of went, I like that game. Mm. But I'm not convinced, and I got it for ten bucks. Okay, and then I got it and went. You know what? I'm kind of convinced. Yeah. Now for the rest of our game life talk balance segment, we're going to talk about our favorite games over the year because it's our last official episode. We might have one more. Mm-hmm. Maybe m- it's really hard to say because I don't know what my schedule's like when I go to Japan. Yeah, we might be able to sort of squeeze another one out. But uh, is that Christmas spirit again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, bite down on this and squeeze it out. Uh, yeah, we ha- we thought it might be fun. We we can't really do a game of the year, AC, because well, you can't. Well, yeah, you I, suck. I haven't played enough games that came out this year <laughs> to actually be able to really. That is fair. The only game I've played, when I thought about it really deeply, the only game I've played that actually came out this year. Is is Red Dead Redemption two? Yes. So I guess by default, just purely by that fact, it is my game of the year. But I'm kind of hesitant about that because I I sort of have a I'm starting to develop a bit of a love hate thing with this game. But you like it? I like it. I really like the system. But you don't love it? No, I think the story really really lets the game down. You know, and I think they railroaded themselves, <laughs> pun intended, into this sort of situation when they decided to do a prequel. Yeah, I think so. And it's making me, like I said before, it's making me like the first game less. Yeah. Which is really strange. That is a, that is an odd feeling to have because you loved that first game. I really That's did. before the, the podcast started. but Yeah, I really did. And I think a lot of that, I think, well, I mean, I've mentioned this all before, but it really just comes down to the fact that I thought that John Marston was more of a badass yeah. than he turns out to be in Red Dead Redemption 2 it's like oh he's just following this charismatic Las Vegas magician who happens to run a gang <laughs> you know this like cult leader who they wears should have called him David Copperfield and just giving big like poofy pants or something look he wears like sort of you know embroidered vests and stuff like oh, that oh close enough may as well just call him David Copperfield like it's yeah man I can go on and on about this, but look, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is by default but what, okay. my game of the year. So if we don't take the fact that 2018 games uh-huh. released in the year of our Lord, 2018, what was your favorite game that you played this that year? I played this year? Yeah. I think I... 
Okay, barring games I've played before again and again and again. Um, new games that I played this year. Um, probably Uncharted. Rome Total War is out, I suppose. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking, like I said, games that I played this year for the first time. Yep. Yeah, that's what I um, Probably Uncharted 4, actually. Yeah. I just had a good time with that game. I, I, I picked it up and smashed through it in a few days. It was a lot of fun. Um, I remember you talking about that, and I remember you being pretty positive about it. Yeah, it's just a good, just a good fun game, um, and it felt like less of a hassle, especially the end game, than than other Uncharted's that I've played over the years. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed that, and uh, I'm kind of keen to check out the um, what's it called? It's like it's not really a DLC. It's it's a standalone game, but it's a shorter thing. Um, it's like an Uncharted Four, like. Um, like side story thing. Okay, cool. A Gaiden, you might say. Gaiden, yep. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably say Uncharted Four, but that's nice. a really bad answer. I don't I re- think I, it is. I did also enjoy Stellaris, that game that that Cody gifted me for Christmas or my birthday or whatever it was oh, last yeah. year, and I um, I played that game this year for the first time, and I had a lot of fun with that as well. It was quite a different game, um, but interesting. I think that that was a game that's more thought provoking than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I like when a game makes me think. That's rare and fun. So, um, yeah. But I'm going to probably give it to Uncharted 4. Nice. Although, again, I hardly expect anyone at home is sitting on the edge of their seat wondering what my game of the year is. But, uh, yeah, there you go. I, it's weird, actually, reflecting on all this. I haven't played many games this year. And I think that's partly because I've been studying and then partly because I've been, like, depressed and partly because I've just been, like, exhausted a lot from my work. And this is why we're Game Life Balance. Yeah. Because there, like, we call it balance, but there's often an imbalance about what we want to do and what we want to be doing and mm. what we are doing. Yeah. And I'm- it's... There is a big contrast between all of that because we're heading... We're barreling mm-hmm. towards being 40 here that's right i'm 38 next year i can't imagine that i'm going to get more time to play games in the future in fact if anything i'm going to have less Hmm. so we're still going to bloody well try i'll try my darnder stacy and i've got (laughs) i've got some time off coming up in january um and over the christmas shutdown period for us public servants we get a nice little break from some of us christmas eve through till new year's day so that'll be nice too um so i'll try to play some more red dead beat that game and maybe pick up something else in the interim and maybe who knows i might come back in 2019 with a new game to talk about but until then you'll have to wait and see what about you ac what have you been what have you been thinking about with your game, gaming of the year, game, game of, game of life? That's a hell of a cliffhanger you ended us on, Rob. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, it really has been an interesting game, gaming year, year of games. Yeah, something along those lines. I was going to say, I, was, I meant to say, ga- uh, year of games. This but. gaming life, the gaming life of Andrew Yoshimura. First of all, we shouldn't... Yeah, anyway. Um, Look, I have got my hands on some weird games this year. Sometimes I get games because I want to play them for what we do here on the show. Mm. Sometimes I just get them to pique my curiosity. I got Western Samurai. Oh, yes. This year. Yes. And that just kind of popped into my head. Like, it's a PS2, I think it's Japan-exclusive game about... A samurai in the old west. That's right. 
you know, people are shooting at him. He's got a sword. He deflects the bullets. He goes up and cuts the fuck out of them. <laughs> and that's a game. And then you end up in a saloon. And you and I played through that game. We a did bit. play through that. We yeah. had a bit of fun. I want to say. Look, it's a. It kind of reminds me of like a fun like a B movie. Yeah, it's kind of know? like a beat 'em up, but kind of you know yeah. like you know it, you can't take the game seriously but it's a lot of fun it is it yeah. is and we'll probably yeah. do that in the future at some point a lot with a lot of these games that i get from japan and we say oh wow that's really interesting we need to we always need to play more of it before we do a featured game on it yeah and therein lies the problem in yeah. the fact that we're incredibly busy and then we go oh we don't have time for this we'll have to do pull something out of out of the clacker yeah yeah um, hey, but, giving away our brilliant process here. Yeah, well, well, I think people have figured it fucking out by now. Uh, so Western Samurai is something that I really do want to explore more, along with Gungrave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gungrave is by... The art is by the same guy who did Trigun, the anime. Yeah. And, like, two big, massive guns. This guy is rolling around. It's a fun game to play if a little heavy sometimes. Mm. Heavy in terms of controls, not story. Yeah. It's not a heavy story. Um, There's a lot of. Do you like shooting people? That game is very good at. It's a shooter. It's all about shooting. It's all about shooting, and I kind of want to do some of those games mm-hmm. next year. Like, I think we should probably do like write up a list of games that we kind of want to get through in the next. I year. think that might be a good idea. Actually. Yeah. Mm. But we're talking about games that actually came out this year. Yes. And that I played this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there were kind of two standouts. Uh, and that is both for PSVR, mm. because I had a lot of fun with PSVR. Now, uh, God of War came out this year. That's true. God of War 2018. Some might expect that to be your game of the year. I don't know who, because <laughs> it turns out like I fell off that game hard mm. because it wasn't that I didn't want to play it. I did want to play it. It mm. was just... I didn't want to play through it. I wanted to watch someone playing it. I yeah. wanted to listen to Christopher Judge say, boy, <laughs> in as many different ways as he possibly could. Boy, yeah. boy. And I do, I have, that game holds a special place in my heart because I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was slow and plodding on the easiest setting where I just thought I could just, just fudge it enough. That I could get through just it. get through it and see the plot, yeah. But yeah. it was slow enough that I just went, you know what, maybe I'll watch a Let's Play on this. I've bought the game. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I paid 80 bucks for the game on day of release, whatever. You supported the developer. I did. Mm-hmm. And it was worth it, you know. And Maria and I played that game for a solid two weeks, but we just didn't get far enough that it just nothing really happened. We were a bit disappointed, I suppose. Sure. Uh, but I did get PSVR this year. And... I get weird comments sometimes saying, why do you like PSVR? Why do you like VR? You're a retro gamer. It's like, because it's fun. Mm -hmm. And that is what I really like about games is they're meant to be fun. And the two best games I have on VR are Polybius, which is a a Jeff Minter job, Mm -hmm. and the Tetris Effect, which we reviewed a couple of episodes ago and I'm still playing and I still love. Hooking up a PSVR is an undertaking getting two-year-olds out of the way so they don't interfere with the cables is even more of an undertaking if you're in vr but it's worth it i mean i usually play it when she goes to bed Mm. but you know uh the psvr welds was 
it was fun, but I would never really go back to it on purpose. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a demo kit you put your friends and relatives in to say, hey, look how much VR has improved since the 1990s. But this, uh, these games are not particularly complex for VR, but they are fast and they are stereoscopic and they are fun. And yeah. I think that's what the main point of these is. You know, I've, I've been in Polybius, which is basically just a, like a kind of a vertical, sh- you know, like a shooter mm. on like a 3D plane. Yeah. And I remember just going into that going, right, I just want to have some fun tonight. And mm. I was just in there for ages. And I got pretty what I think was close to the end. Okay. Came out. One thirty in the morning. Wow. What the hell? My eyes were killing me by that stage. <laughs> and Tetris Effect, you can just play... You can play fast. You can play slow. You can play relaxed mode. You can play master mode. And it, in the end, it's just Tetris. Mm. But in the end, boy, is it Tetris. <laughs> so it's just... I've had a lot of fun in PlayStation VR this year. I'm not hmm. saying everyone should go out and buy it. But for me, and for just having fun with video games, yeah. I've really enjoyed just I'm sure I would enjoy other PlayStation VR games Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'd enjoy other like Oculus VR games as well but this just came along at the right time the right place and I just really like playing games in it so cool I don't think I have a game of the year but if I did it would probably be Tetris Effect I suppose just because I fucking love it so much (laughs) yeah cool that's great I mean it's nice to hear a positive story about VR I feel like a lot of the times what you hear is like it's really cool but you know like there's always that but and Um, with me those buts are there as well yeah setting the PSVR up is the most difficult Mm. because of the amount of cables the breakout box uh, the position you've got to get yourself out of on the TV. And the fact that PSVR on certain games does this fucking stupid thing of wandering off to the left or the right. Like, oh, the, weird. You kind of, all of a sudden, you kind of feel that, why is my head pointing at a, like, a 45 <laughs> degree angle? And that's because, for whatever reason, the camera has drifted off. Like the tracking or whatever. The is tracking not- has thought that you are down, yeah. you know, on the, the bottom of your couch or whatever. And you need to reset <laughs> it. And I think... Uh, Jeff Gerstmann from Giant Bomb had the same problem as well. Mm, mm. That's that's a pain. Yeah, it yeah. is. But there are a lot of games worth playing. And as VR becomes cheaper, and if they do like a better cordless version mm. with uh, that's backwards compatible, I will not be able to recommend that enough, even if I don't have the funds to buy it at the time. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, that's great that you've got like a genuine kind of a game well not necessarily a game of the year but certainly a, a thing of the year yeah you know, I just I just enjoy I just really you know I enjoy playing games I've played a lot of games this year yeah I scratch the itch a lot on a lot of games I've mm. played some Urusei Atsara games on the uh, on the PC engine which is like an adventure game you know I've it, it's pretty eclectic but there aren't too many games which I will keep going back to because of time and my memory is shocking but you know it it has been a pretty good year for gaming. Mm. What I wanted to end on before we go into the quiz mm-hmm. was the Nintendo Switch. Right. Yes, that, that console that everyone's talking about and buying. And Well, the thing is they are, and they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> and this is, here's the thing. 
you remember me gushing about Nintendo Switch last yeah, year. Yeah. Because a whole bunch of great games came out on Nintendo Switch last year. Like they really tonight. did. Yeah. They really, really did. Yeah. It's just this year they did release more games, but they just weren't the kind of games that I was interested in. Yeah. And I still go back and play my Nintendo Switch, mm. but I would say it's about 10, maybe even 5% of what I did last year. Wow. I yeah, just yeah. haven't played it that much. And I'm not going to say that it's like, I'm going to sell it on because it's useless. It's not. It's a great system. Mm. It's just that it's not there's just nothing out there right now that I really want to play. Do you think they shot themselves in the foot by bringing out Zelda and Mario in the same year? Not at all, because yeah. they're still selling consoles. Mm. I don't expect Nintendo to, you know, market to me specifically mm. as a bloke. Mm. That's fine. Like, I had so much, so many good memories, so many good times, and there are so many good indie games coming out on that thing mm. that I'm, you know... I, th- I am tempted to buy some things on that, like the SNK collection. Mm-hmm. However, I um, decided in the end that I'll just wait because there's a physical version. Maybe I can buy it a bit cheaper down the road. I'm patient as a retro gamer. It's just uh, kind of sitting there. I will play it occasionally. I will look on the eShop and stuff, but... Mm. It's just interesting that it was such a big part of my life last year and yeah. now it's fallen off. I think it will become a big part of my life again, but I'm not a big Pokemon fan. Yeah. So Pokemon is not going. Smash, I've got a couple of friends who were really trying to convince me to buy it mm. Mm. Um, or, you know, at least get me to consider it. Basically, hey, you're going to buy this. I was coming really close. Mm. I came so close. I was thinking, oh, it's out on Friday. It's out on Friday. Maybe I should. You know what happened on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. I got a parking ticket for $120. <laughs> That's the universe telling you something right there. That is, well, it's not just the fucking universe. It means that if I pay, if I get that game, I can't afford to get to, like, get to the airport on Friday yep. to get to Japan. So The choice was made for it you. It was pretty much made. I mm. can't. I can't get it anymore. And the, the parking ticket was <laughs> kind of stupid because it was like, it was through an app that's usually automated. Mm. And I unautomated it because I was parking somewhere different. Then I went back and I did it for the first few days. And then I just completely forgot because I was in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And then I came and I saw the yellow ticket and I went, I didn't pay for my parking through the app in the morning. Oh. Mm-hmm. So now I've got sticky notes all over my dashboard saying pay for parking, pay for parking. Because $120 yeah. just before you're about to go to Japan. That hurts. Yeah. It was it was a it was a stab in the guts. Damn. But you have a quiz for me. I do. So why don't we end this year with some festive cheer We're and going... a fun Christmassy quiz. That that rhymed. We're not gonna take a break, we're gonna go straight into it. Do you wanna? Oh, all right. Okay, all right, all right. Who cares? Damn the torpedoes. I hate those torpedoes, guys. Let's push on ahead with a quiz that I like to call. In fact, I don't like to call it this. I wish I came up with a cleverer name, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have much time. And here we are. Is Santa in it? Cleverer. That's how you wanted to introduce this. Cleverer. Cleverer. I wanted a cleverer. I'm taking off my glasses to (laughs) signify the fact that I'm not invested in this quiz in any way shape or form this is a quiz where i tell you the name of a game and you tell me Uh is santa in it okay so it's very simple you can totally guess oh he's up my clacker right now buddy i can feel it i didn't ask you about your clacker that's a that's question number 10 so Uh, hold on to that okay oh it's holding it's (laughs) 
I, the I, iris is closed. Look, I know you have you have strong muscles. Uh, question number one, AC. Yep. Dead Rising Four. Yes, he's in that. Correct. Correct. Points for you. He's an evil axe wielding psychopath uh-huh. called Sadistic Claws. He's one of the um. There's these enemies like maniacs, something like that, that you can encounter in in Dead Rising Four, and he's one of those. Yeah. So you can kill Santa, or he can kill you. It's good fun. <laughs> Either way, I'm I'm happy at this stage of That's my right. life. That's right. It's a win-win, really. <laughs> uh, so question number two. Uh-huh. Far Cry Four. Is that the one in the isle in the um, Asian? So country? Far Cry Three is set on a tropical island. Far Cry 4 is set in sort of what I might call pseudo-Nepal. The Himalayas. Yes. I'm going to say he's not in that one. He's not. That's true. There's no Santa in Far Cry 4. Sorry, kids. Question... (laughs) Don't buy that game. Santa's not in it. You're going to add a sound effect of all these kids going, aww, when I do that. Uh, Question number three. You'll forget. I will. You always forget. Or just not bother. Question number three. Clay Fighter 63 and a third. He's in that. Correct. He is Sumo Santa. God, I wish I didn't know that. That was a terrible game. Yes, they're, they're pretty bad games. Nah, all of the Clay Fighter series. Were, like, there's a novelty to them. Yes. But the novelty doesn't last any longer than the fact that, oh my God, they look like clay. And it's lo- like Waltz and Gromit, except they're grotting each other. And it's wacky or something, right? No, so. not really. Uh, question number four. Okay. Secret of Monkey Island. <sighs> The first one? Correct. <sighs> yes, he is in that. No, he is not. No! He is not in Secret of Monkey Island. He may be in a different one, but I, I, I did some extensive Googling and there was no mention of, of Santa in Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, so. I think, I'm thinking, I think he's in... It's some... the kind of game where he could be, you know? I, I remember Santa in some sort of LucasArts game, I want to say, but I could be mistaken. Horribly, horribly mistaken. All right, so moving on. Question number five. Yep. Oh, man, AC. It's your favorite video game series. Yep. Gex 3, Deep Cover Gecko. He's in that. Correct. He's another sort of a boss, evil, evil boss Santa. He's the one with the fangs. That's right. And in fact, I think I've read somewhere on a dubious video game website. What, owls? Uh, no, even worse than owls, because it has lots of horrible pop-up ads. Um <laughs> That, um, yeah, you say what you like about our website, but there are no ads on it. So there you go. Oh, except my face coming up saying, hey, buddy, you want to have, you know, we can sex? <laughs> you want a sexy sex? Because my, my yuletide hole is open you, you, for business. Yes, apart from the male prostitution ads that we have. <laughs> apart from Yuletide. Those. Hole. That's right. Open for business. That's right. Yes, it's all, it's all tied in. It's Christmassy. It's a Christmas prostitute for you. Rob, what is a Yuletide? Um... I think Do Yule, I ask this every year? I think Yule is like the pre-Christian sort of solstice um, celebration. Winter solstice. Like Easter? So Yuletide is like the time of year when you have the Yule celebration. Easter. Right, gotcha. It's not, it's not Easter. I <laughs> see. That's a spring thing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We'll have words Fuck, up. it's autumn when... When Easter happens here, you fuck with. That's because we're in the wrong part of the world. And we, I mean, we, when we, I say wrong, I do mean wrong. <laughs> I don't mean southern. I mean wrong. Look, Australia <laughs> is the sphincter of the world. <laughs> I think Paul Keating said words to the effect. Uh, question number <laughs> six. 
I love that guy. Days Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. You might know about this game. It's one of those games that people who are really into collecting video games know about. Days with a Z-E. No, he's not in that. Before Christmas. No, there's no, there's no Paul Keating in it. <laughs> but is Santa in Days Before Christmas? Oh, yeah, he's in it. Correct. You, you might be shocked to know that a game with Christmas in the title has Santa in it. Uh, yeah, that's a rare game. It's a bit of a collector's item. What's it for? Um, it's originally released only in Australia for the Genesis. And then it came out for the SNES in Europe and mm. Australia, but never released in America or Do Asia. Not. Do not buy that game. I think it costs a stupid amount of money too. It's shit out. Yeah, yeah. And it's in PAL. Mm-hmm. 50 hertz, 50 frames a second. Do not buy that game. <laughs> Seriously. I know I know which one it is. Yeah, it's one, those, about it. it's one of those things where if you want to get a full set of Genesis games, you got to shell out for this dumb game at some point. <sighs> Question number seven. Grand Theft Auto 4. What's the subtitle of that one? Grand Theft Auto 4. There is no subtitle. So, it's just, Andreas? Uh, well, no, it's just Grand Theft Auto 4. You're back in um, Liberty City. You're back in the game oh, that you were in. Yes, he is in that. He is. No. He is. He is not. He, he's it's a Home Alone 2 reference. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he is. Right in with your question. Okay, fine. No. Right in yeah. if you disagree with me about that. But I couldn't find... Look, I've seen mods where there's Santa. I've seen <laughs> mods. That's what I'm thinking of. I saw a mod where a guy drove drove a um, massive Coca-Cola... Like, it was a massive semi-trailer with a Coca-Cola insignia on it as Santa through the city running over people during this in the in the snow and i thought that was about as christmassy as you can get that's pretty christmassy really. this is certainly commercial <laughs> secular christmas <laughs> to the max um, <laughs> the pepsi max that's uh-huh. right. oh, zing bazinga oh god I never just, say that again i just referenced that show i'm gonna have to go home and have a shower uh question eight bully colon scholarship edition yes he's in that correct this one definitely Although, in fact, it's not really Santa. It's more a homeless alcoholic who sends you on missions to mess with mall Santas. But still. Wasn't this about the same time that Bad Santa came out? I think it was. Yeah. There's definitely a Bad Santa vibe. That's how I remember that. Although, you know, like, Rockstar is known for their, like, you know, edgy takes on things, AC. So, you know. I I could believe, if someone told me that they came up with that independently, I would be... Yeah, I I wouldn't be... Also, that if they ripped it off, I also wouldn't be surprised either. They, you know, rock star can kind of go both ways on that thing. That's right. All right, question number nine. We're almost at the end here. Sonic Chaos. Is Santa Claus in Sonic Chaos, AC? Hang on. Sonic Chaos. Which one's that? That was the one that came out in the 16-bit era. Actually, you know what? I I think it's a Master System game only. Sonic Chaos. Is it Robotnik dressed up as Santa? No. He's not in it then. There's no Santa in this game. No. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I got it right. Although, although, there is a robot Santa in um, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon series. (laughs) Of course there is. And uh, Robotnik made him and he's evil. That's, yeah. There's a lot of evil Santas in video games. I'm beginning to... Since that, yeah. It's almost like video people who make video games have a very like strong anti-traditional stance or something. Uh, There's e- only so many like public figures yeah. that aren't copyright you can pull from. That's right. That everyone so. knows. Yeah. So that's one of them. That's right. You might be right. It might just come down to that. Okay, last question. Question number 10. Yep. 
Mm, this is a very famous game, AC. Among nerds, like you, listeners, Secret of Mana. Oh, fuck. <laughs> is Santa Claus... Is Santa Claus... All Saint Nick. That's right. Hooray for Santa Claus. Is he in The Secret of Mana? I have that game. I have not played all the way through it. In fact, I've played through about 5% of it. It's a Japanese role-playing game. Would it Santa is... be in a Japanese role-playing game? Yeah, Maybe. probably. They I love Santa. Yes. Yep, he is. He's definitely in that all the way, 100%. Right from the start to the end. Yep. Main character. Yep. He's in the party. <laughs> okay, he's in that game. Look, yes, he's... Don't, don't make yourself incorrect. Um, <laughs> yes, he's in the game. Points for you. There's a boss called Frost Gygas. I just love Japan sometimes. Um, he's terrorizing the region in the game known as Ice Country. But it turns out, and spoilers for Secret of Mana, uh, it turns out. 25 year old game. That's right. It turns out that Frost Gygas was just Santa all along. And his reason for turning himself into a massive frost giant that terrorizes people. It's fun. Is um, his goal was to get kids to believe in him again. So. Okay, well. It worked, yeah. not Look, kind of. I tell you what, I would believe in Santa if he stomped my house into the ground. <laughs> um, That's or, the only reason I still believe in Santa to this day. Because he did that to you so, when you were a kid. Well, who didn't? <laughs> who didn't he? Who didn't he stomp the house? No, 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 no. Everyone stomped my house. It's not who didn't oh. Santa. It's just that everyone stomped my house. Yeah. Once I took a dump yeah. in your front yard as well. That was you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I've been bidding. It was look. All, everyone was doing it. I killed like thirty cats. <laughs> Forty. You made a cloak out of their skin. Uh, so that's the end of our seven fun, to three. On it that looks fun like note. I'm the most Santa Claus person in the universe. Yes. We have been drinking nonstop for the past two hours. You are you are full of Christmas cheer and eggnog, and it's still like my bunghole. You nogged up to the neck. Mm. I am the great spirit holly hole. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, the Great Gunner Geek Network, which we are a part of, and they will probably be dissolving themselves of us from this point forward, (laughs) if they ever bother to listen to us. Which they won't. (laughs) But they might. In which case, we're in trouble, and I'm stalling, so you can look exactly (laughs) up what we need to look at, which is... The Last Man Standing Podcast, episode 0... What What the fuck? Episode (laughs) 0TB031? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Gunning Network Network's a great podcast network, I see. <laughs> Not at all confusing. Not at all. Uh in this episode of Last Man If there's Man any Stand- geek you're gonna gunner, it's gonna be on the Gunner Geek. On this episode of Last Man Standing. Okay. Last Man Standing was cancelled. I guess this will be the last episode of Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing was cancelled by ABC. This seems like a contradiction. <laughs> I know, right? This is this is deeply confusing on many levels. Last Man Standing was cancelled by ABC. This is the TV show that the podcast is based on. Yep, of course. After six successful seasons, they canned it. And it was then renewed by Fox a year later. Hey, Rob, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's probably going to last longer than we are. <laughs> That's right, definitely. Uh, both the cancellation and the renewal got mired by political mudslinging. So in this episode, Josh L. is joined by GunnaGeek.com co-founder... Stephen John Drew to discuss the situation. Bringing in the big guns. Yeah, like literally. For for some hot takes. You know what? You you were like, you were faux, like, oh my God. And I was like, wow, actually, he's actually going to be on that? That's pretty big. (laughs) Can we get Stephen on our show? Oh my God. AC, we should do that. 
Can we? If only to see the look on his face when we start referencing all sorts of horrible things. <laughs> like the death of the many celebrities we've impersonated. That's right. I bet you the, the moment he comes on our show, like this guy who created the network, network we're on. Yes. Then I start doing my Queen impression like this. And I say, how do you like being on on Game Life Beyond Australia? And then I tell the story of how I took a dump in your front lawn when I and was then, eight years and old. And then he'll look at his phone and go, Queen Elizabeth II just died, you motherfuckers. And I'll go, yes, well, you'll see that she's quite alive and well right here today. That's right. Taking a dump in your front yard. <laughs> she lives on in spirit. <laughs> and also in your front yard. <laughs> with her ankles. With knickers around her ankles. The spade next to her. She dug a hole. So, to do several it. several pairs by that. Several pairs of knickers by that age, I'd imagine. She needs a lot of buffers. Incontinentia buttocks. Oh, buffer. I welcome you here for all the Christmas cheer that you'd like. Oh, God. <laughs> See, Rob was okay with all the Christian stuff we've done up until now, but as soon as I start mentioning and doing my Queen impression, now well, there's more about there's more nervous. the image of the Queen squatting in your front yard, your childhood front yard, <laughs> my childhood front yard. Uh, the childhood front yard of the mind it used to be the theatre of the mind now it's something completely different so and the queen is squatting in it (laughs) with a shovel you know AC what could be more Christmassy than that really when you think about it so Um, on that on that uplifting note on that heartwarming note we're going to leave you for the year lawn warming note yeah that's right so farewell 2018 and uh, we also have a, the other guys in America. They do a podcast. All oh, those guys, yeah, they they do stuff sometimes. Actually, you know, I've been trying to signal to you for the past few minutes. Anyway, their their podcast actually finally came out. It did. on the iTunes. Look it up. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. pretty interesting. So uh, yeah, they've had a bit of a hiatus, but they're back and done an episode where John reveals how much fun it is. And I do want to emphasize emphasize the word fun. Mm-hmm. It is to have two children, not just one. Um, this and I tell you, you off, what, didn't it? I tell you what, I'm sold. <laughs> I say, who cares if you don't have sleep or hair or a life or a life expectancy of more than a week? <laughs> Fill my house with children. I love it. God damn it! This is the last episode of the year. This is going to run about two hours, and I have no regrets. <laughs> So, listen to that if you want to hear all those fun stories of John's, um, let's call it juggling, having two children at once, plus Cody being Cody, you know. Yeah, well, Cody doesn't change. Being a jerk-ass jerk or whatever he does. <laughs> that, look, that's basically his job description. This look, look a talented man, he can speak into a microphone like nobody else, also a jerk-ass jerk. Yep. Uh, so Prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm a prod tally. If you want to see half-naked Japanese women in bikini-clad tiger skins... I'm sold, AC. Yeah. I want to see them. That sentence could have come out a lot better. But but yeah, that's basically what I do now. I'm actually going to Japan in a week, Mm -hmm. uh, just to cap things off for the year. I'm going to Japan on Friday the 14th of December. Mm -hmm. We are recording on Friday the 7th of December, because we won't be able to get our chance to do that before i go but that's right but the episode will come out on the usual time around about a week before chrissy uh that all being said um we're not 
saying we're not going to do episodes over there. We might try and do episodes over there. That's right. There is this thing called the internet now that I've learned about. Yeah. That allows people to speak to each other over... Uh, I might have things to say when I'm over there. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be there for five weeks. Some of it might be incredibly interesting. Some of it might be very boring. Mm. Uh, but in any case, I will try to bring you, the listeners, the quality that you come to expect from Game Life Balance US. <laughs> <laughs>